Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we're brown. I'm Tiffany. I'm Mandy, and I am so disappointed because last week was Juneteenth and I forgot to mention it. And I even had it in my notes and everything. (laughs) My bad, (laughs) Dee. Happy Juneteenth to everybody. What is Juneteenth? Juneteenth, actually, I believe it was, it's, it used to be specific to um, the emancipation of slaves in Texas, I believe, but it's almost like it's become this like proxy to celebrate the end of slavery because there was not really an official holiday for that, right? Um, yeah. And so I think that's what it's become, it's become to symbolize like largely is like the end of slavery and it's like an opportunity just to be black and fabulous and have cookouts, of which oh. I, I participated in none. So that's a sad, oh, Actually, no, I did. I we went to the um, Westchester. Get it where I live. Westchester. Um, Westchester <laughs> um, is known for. I don't know. I always had this perception of the suburbs of New York as being like where the brown people stop. <laughs> um, but I've been pleasantly surprised. Like our neighborhood is so diverse, and um, they had the African American Heritage Festival like down the street from us. So it was actually just a. We had this nice little nature path that we can walk to this um like public park where they had the festival and they had like really good food and it was nice nice little surprise okay that was my juneteenth your juneteenth big up big up yourself (laughs) (laughs) um so both of us had um you like messaged me remember you messaged me like uh we were talking i think like post last podcast um about your ac um quote girl i just got a quote today and i was like you know what i'm just gonna be hot oh girl they yeah. told me sixty thousand dollars i was like am i buying a new house i'm unsure like what all right you know misery loves company i'm actually <laughs> kind of excited that you got a terrible bid too because <laughs> when you were telling me your bid was like way less than mine i was like meh, meh. No, no, it wasn't. Who does she like, know? <laughs> well, it was just him, them, like, you know, like our, our project manager saying that this is what it should be between. And I said, oh, okay. Yeah. So we got such a high bid. I'm like, is that, is that, you know, does that doesn't sound right. But like I said, he does commercial. So, you know, I said, I, I can't wait for him to get back from vacation so I can be like, sir, do you know somebody who will do it for, for 15000 That's looking good right about now. <laughs> because yeah. honestly... We're not. We're not going to pay sixty thousand dollars. We're. I mean, we we'll just be putting units in the window because this is not a forever house, yeah. and that's just so much. And that's just AC. Like we have to get the house rewired, you know. So that's like that's non negotiable. So, and I'm assuming that's going to be probably like twenty, thirty thousand dollars. 
but that's just something you have to do unless you want to die in a fury, a fury of fire, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So trade-offs. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh boy. Um, so yeah, I'm not exactly happy right now. So when he came today, we still have a few more quotes to do, but I'm not feeling all that optimistic. <laughs> Listen, forget all these quotes, man. We've gotten so many quotes. I'm so at this point, I I'm I'm glad that we've sort of taken our time, but the like these people out here, I guess the economy is good and they have a lot of jobs and I'm very happy for them and their families, but why can't they return calls and show up when they say they're going to show up? Cuz mm-hmm. it's almost like they're like, "Oh, you need us more than, you know, we need you." And that is what's been challenging. So, anybody out there who's doing a home improvement project, like whether it's small, large, whatever, we are here with you alongside you. Yes. Um, that's the only thing that's been kind of helpful. It's it's nice like when I post something on social and someone kind of shows me like sends me like a video of like what they're fixing up. So it's been like a nice little knit community of people who are both excited and dismayed by the process. <laughs> this is so dismayed. <laughs> I'm thinking like I think part of my problem is I think I'm always I think healthily pessimistic about finances in general. I'm always like, well, what if I break my back? And what if, you know, we're we're kind of planning on the assumption that everything is going to continue going a certain way. And mm. that is where I'm always in with like, but this could happen. Mm. <laughs> kind of like negative Nancy. And I, you know, it, it's frustrating to my husband because of course he wants, like, I'm kind of bursting his bubble. He loves this whole thing. He loves, this is his dream. He's always wanted this. But I, I mean, I'm I'm happy to be the the negative one because I kind of feel like you need that balance. Um, so exactly. at a certain point, you got to stop agonizing about it and just make yep. a decision with the yep. best information that you have. I'm talking to myself here. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm doing that thing where I have a problem and I'm like talking to myself yeah. out of it. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> oh Lord, just pray, just pray. No, it's true. And also too, here's the thing that I do like that my um my um uh, it's blue design it's blue. Blue Design and Development, BLU. Like, so our, our project manager, one of the things that he, he talked to us about is really understanding price for, per square foot, you know? And I didn't really get it before. He said, so let's just say, like, I think our house is like um, 2,250 um, um, square feet, right? Like of livable space. Right. And so there is an average price for square foot in, in like the section that we live in in Newark. So if we bought the house for 180 and we put, let's just say, one hundred thousand dollars worth of, in, of work into it, then that's, you know, three thousand um, three hundred and eighty thousand. And then you divide that by the square foot of the house and then you get your price for, per square foot. So what he's teaching us is as we make decisions like so that way it kind of takes the emotion out of it, how like it, it, this is going to increase the the you know like how what how is it going to affect the price for, per square foot because that's how an investor thinks and right. so does it make sense like you know like if we invest sixty thousand dollars in the ac how much of that where are we actually going to get back if we sell you know are we going to get back forty thousand now if we were living here forever i would for sure i don't know that i'd pay 60 but we'd find a way to get like central air throughout the house because i'm like well we're going to be living here like forever like you know barring any major emergency but we know for a fact that this is not our forever house. We literally won't be here. Our plan is between two and five years maximum. Um, and so it just doesn't make sense to invest that much money because I don't, we're, we're just not going to get it back. And when I look around the neighborhood, because that's something I did too, I see now, because I wonder why, there's a lot of really beautiful homes, why you don't really see, I don't see that much central air. I see a lot of like units in the window. 
And I'm like, ah, because these homes are built in like 1920s, a lot of the homes in in the area where I'm living. And so I understand now because it just doesn't make financial sense to make that level of investment unless it makes the emotional sense of I'm staying here for like a really long time. And so I'm just like, yeah. And so like, I mean. I think that makes perfect sense if you guys are just leaving in a few years. Totally. Listen. before it used to be like, ooh, because you know, you see on um, HGTV, they'll be like, oh, this, um, the property brothers, Reno will, oh. I mean, it will take seven weeks. What in the lying? I literally throw my shoe at the television now. <laughs> I'm like, it's not true. <laughs> seven weeks. Like, that's honestly such a lie because such a one, lie. just waiting for the permit is like a month. Yeah. Like, exactly. you know? And so I'm just like, yeah. I mean, before when we, when we first bought, we were like, ooh, you know, we'll be in there in a couple of months. Now I'm just like, Please, please, little baby Jesus, can we be in by the end of the year? <laughs> like, that is right. my that is my prayer that by the end of the year that I'll be able to sleep in a bed that is not our apartment. But you know, but either way, it's ours, right? We're working it's like for they it. say, if you want to make a contractor laugh, make plans. <laughs> Isn't that how that goes? No. Okay. Um, listen, we have to talk about this. We have to. I'm demanding it um, because it really struck the, my heart, this article in the New York Times that I read over the weekend um, about how in 2000, what year is this? 2018, women are still like pregnancy discrimination against women in the workplace is still rampant. And the reason this, of course, struck my attention is, I mean, I think it's no secret that you're obviously thinking about starting a family. I know you don't have a traditional job, but I do. Um, and I think about this all the time, not necessarily because I'm trying to get pregnant tomorrow, but I, I feel like to be a woman, like there, people just don't understand what it's like. I mean, when you, when you, when you purposefully know you have to plan your career around this, you know, giving, creating life and creating a human, and not only does that change your body dramatically, but then after that, like when the baby is born, understanding that you're only going to be able to spend so much time with it because of your career and trying to plan around that. It's just like, it's almost like you're in it alone as a woman. Like you're, if your employer is not supporting you and people always talk about, you know, why should we have maternity? You know, why should we pay for maternity benefits for someone who is purposefully, you know, getting pregnant on their own time, you know, not on the workplace or whatever, you know, why should we provide those benefits? Um, and I, it's just astounding to me that in 2018, there's still women who are getting Passover for promotions like this. You have to read this article, Passover for promotions, demoted or just outright fired or laid off the minute they either request maternity leave or let someone know that they're pregnant. Like the most heartbreaking story, this one woman named Otisha who worked at Walmart, I think in Jacksonville, Florida, she was working in, I think, the bakery or the like, the prepared food section. She used to have to lift these heavy boxes, like oh you know, um, all the time as part of her day to day work. And her doctor, when she became pregnant with her fourth child, said, you know, because of this pregnancy, you've had pain before. You need to not lift anything more than twenty pounds. And she went to her manager, and the manager said, and this is what she says. Her manager says that I don't know. Back in the early two thousands or the nineties, like Demi Moore. That actress, I don't know, she used to, she did an interview on like David Letterman when she was really pregnant and apparently she did gymnastics. So her manager's response to to Otisha was, well, Demi Moore is over on TV doing gymnastics while she's pregnant. Like, why can't you lift a box? That's just so, honestly, so ignorant. Like, to me, it just shows why more women need to be in positions of power in, um, 
in corporate America or otherwise, whether owning a business or whatever, because that doesn't even make any sense. It's so crazy because when we had our, um, when we had, I think it was three women on our team had like babies, literally it was like a baby in November, a baby in December, a baby in January. And we, I didn't even have like a time frame. I mean, I guess because we're also really, we're small still, but it was just, we knew it was happening, obviously, because we were all excited. And everybody on the team has a buddy. And the only, the only request was, prep your buddy to be able to take care of your, your core deliverables. And sometimes it meant like, um, uh, Tamara, who's our uh, manager for the, um, literature Academy. Um, Tamara had such a big position. So she prepped three people to do her full role. And I didn't give her a time frame. I was like, come on back when you're ready. And I think she was gone for like a month and a half. And she's like, mm, I think I want to come back now. And we were like, okay. I mean, not to say, I mean, I'm sure as I become a bigger company, it'll be a little bit more structured, but I, it's just so crazy to me that you would request for, like, why should a woman have to choose? Like, you have a mom, right? You're here as a result of your mom somehow making a way to have you. I just don't understand why people don't see the connection between the fact that you have, someone gave birth to you and other people are giving birth as well. And to provide a space for that to happen in a, in a way that doesn't jeopardize them being able to take care of their family. Well, it's the stigma around becoming pregnant or becoming a mother too. That That is what I think does damage, like the stigma. So someone who requests time off because they have childcare gaps or their kid is sick is looked down upon in some by some employers or some managers more negatively than someone who asks time off because they hurt their back or um, they got sick over the weekend. Like there's just a stigma around it. Like, oh, you know, they're not as committed. Um, I mean, this article cites a study that shows that for every child a woman has, it draw, it takes away 4% of her hourly wages. Um, while men somehow increase their wages by 6% when they become fathers. It just doesn't, it just doesn't compute. I don't know. I'm just getting like the error message on a calculator where it's just like zero, 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 zero. And it's just, uh, it's sad because you do, I don't know, I, I, I'm, maybe I'm like crazy, but I, I want to believe that I can have a great career and have a kid um, and that I, it won't, maybe I'm just naive, but I, I, I don't want to believe that my choice to start a family would, it would hurt my career, you know, or make people think of me differently. Um, I don't know. There's no women also working above me at my job. My direct mm. manager is a man, an amazing man. Love him. He's great. I don't, I don't foresee any issues, but that's everyone. I look at my company, every single one above me, is unless you, unless you switch over to HR is a white male. Yeah. Okay. Like a hundred percent. Um, and you know, I don't think my two, I don't, I, I know that my direct manager doesn't have kids. Um, and there's not a lot of people on my team who have kids. So I think I might be like a freak of nature. Um, like when I, you know, finally pop out a kid or something, it's going to be like uncharted territory, I think for our team. But, uh, I think whether my managers, we haven't obviously discussed it. I don't think it's anything you need to discuss beforehand, but I think about it when I'm laying out my plan a year or two from a year or two from now, like, do I have someone who can, do what I do while I'm away? You know, do we have systems in place where if I were to be gone for a few months, like the whole place wouldn't come crashing down? Yeah, that systems, that's the part that makes it the, you know, systems and backups make, make everything possible, you know? So yeah, I remember when Tamara came back, she was like, wow, it's like you guys didn't even need me. I'm like, oh, we always need because we do. But it was just nice that like everything didn't fall, you know, didn't go to 
to Helen Handbasket because she wasn't there because she had done such a good do- job with, with training folks, but it didn't mean that we didn't need her. So it was just nice all around to know that, because this is the thing I always say, even for the, the, the women that work for me, like our, our big thing is no one should feel, because we've all felt like this, no one should feel like they're not able to get sick or go on vacation or, you know, like no one on the team should feel that, like that you have to, like, if I don't do it, what's going to happen? So everyone is, it's mandated you have your backup folks, including me, um, including my business partner. He just brought on his brother. So we have two guys now. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> he just brought on his brother to be his backup because it was like, no one should feel like, okay, you know, that my presence, I, I don't care death or not, I must be present. And I think that helps a lot with allowing people to know that like, one, your job is secure, but you know, you're, you're able to be a human being. But yeah, I'm glad you brought this up though. Cause I think a lot of people are listening like, <sighs> I wish my job, and there are jobs out there that have that. It's just, they might not be super easy to, to spot, but there are jobs that, that allow for that. And that's something you're going to want to ask. In my 20s, I think in your 20s, you know, for the most part, I didn't really think about things like this. It's not until I hit my 30s that I thought about things like insurance and, and yep. time, you know, time away and that kind of stuff. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Now that we've buzzed you up with our buzzworthy, um, are you ready to break or boost? I have a really exciting boost. Well, exciting for me. Okay, go for it. Well, it's not super exciting. It's just exciting because I'm Nigerian. I just want to say, super eagles, don't you worry. So right now the World Cup is going on. And for those of you in the United States, you're like, what's that? Because, you know, you don't watch soccer. But the whole world watches soccer. We're literally like the only country that's not super into soccer. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not super into soccer, but um, being Nigerian during this time of year when, when Nigeria plays, because soccer is huge in Africa and, and, and um, um, Central America and South America and everywhere, honestly. Um, so Nigeria won like last week sometime. They lost today to Argentina um, one to two. But I just want to big up the Super Eagles because they, first of all, they got their uniforms. I don't know. Have you seen the pictures, Mandy, of their new uniforms? Like Nigeria's soccer new, team? Yes. No. It, it, it caused like <laughs> I a fire. I can't say that well, I have. <laughs> well, it's only because it became this huge thing. So they're they're by Nike. I can't remember the name of the designer, but they are, they are so, so like funky fresh. And like uh. they sold out everywhere. And it was like a huge story because it was like Nigeria revealed their new uniforms and they sold out everywhere. People who weren't even into soccer or didn't even, you know, weren't wearing them because they were Nigeria uniforms. They sold out because that's just how, how like cool they look. And so it was just a huge story that the uniforms that um, are just amazing and they are. And so if you have some, 
it's not easy to get a hold of. Um, but so one for having the dopest uniform of all the world cup teams and for playing your heart outs today, Argentina, you played well, obviously Nigeria, we know what is it? Nigeria know they carry last. That just means we never go last, even when we lose. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's my boost is my Nigerian team. I can remember being really, really little. I think we had made it to the finals. Not really little. Maybe I was like in middle school or something. And I just remember like my dad making us all wear like these t-shirts he had made, which is, crazy and um and he was your dad made your own t-shirts oh my god love it yeah no he made t-shirts and was selling them but we didn't win so we ended up having like 80 t-shirts that i'm sure still in the attic somewhere (laughs) that investment (laughs) (laughs) oh because he just knew if they won those t-shirts would have been you know would have sold but they didn't win so here we are (laughs) he gambled he gambled (laughs) yeah he did but yes i just want to boost up nigeria's um world cup um well nigeria's um, national soccer team you know you guys have played well um, I don't know if they play again, but, you know, hopefully they will. And, um, yeah, that's it. That's my little boost for today. little boost. That's a good one. Um, I kind of am on Team Argentina, so it's sad that they beat you. But, yay, Argentina. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's okay. Only because I, I, I basically just am on the team of whoever, like, whatever country I've been to that I like the most. And I Argentina was the first country where I ever, like, watched soccer. So I have a little, a little soft spot for them. But uh, that's cool. I'm sure their uniforms are way uglier than Nigeria's, though. This is true. Do we have any good questions? We do have some questions. If you guys want to send us some questions, you can head to brownambitionpodcast.com. Got it this week. Uh, Or you can send us an email directly at brown, or sorry, not at, send us an email directly at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. You just did it again, at (laughs) What did I do? Well, I had to say that time that at meant like AT at, not like, oh, yeah, amp- yes, yes, yes. you My know, bad. like sorry. it was a necessary at, necessary <laughs> preposition. Is that a preposition? All right, whatever. Um, good question. We have a couple of good questions. One comes from listener Kamiko. What a pretty, pretty name. She says, oh, this is really funny. She says, I am two seconds. I guess we missed her then. She said, I'm two seconds away from taking out a personal loan with SoFi. I went to Magnify Money. Oh, hi, thank you. And used the personal loan comparison chart and then went a step further to do some comparisons based on the answers to my questions. So we have a personal loan comparison chart where you can put in basically how much debt you have and then what type of loan you could take out and how much you would save if you consolidated your debt with a new loan. So she used this calculator. Cool. So her math said that she can take out a $20,000 loan at an eight, this is a SoFi loan, $20,000 with SoFi at 8.75% APR for three years, leaving her with just one monthly payment of about $600. She's, okay. Her plan is to use that $20,000 loan to pay off several debts, including a couple of credit cards, a, her auto loan, and a personal loan. On a monthly basis, this would save her $400. And over what? the course of three years, she would save over $14,000. What? Yes. But she says she is hesitating. She says, why am I hesitating? I don't know what the issue is. So what? I thought this was interesting because it just shows like even when the math is showing you that the answer Mm -hmm. is right. And again, like at the end of the day, this is your decision. You have to make the decision that's best for you. But when the math speaks facts, one must listen. Um, I think on paper, based on what you've told me, yes, it absolutely would make sense for you to consolidate um, those three types of debt she has. She says she wants to consolidate credit cards, a car note, and another personal loan. I mean, 
so long as those rates on those debts are higher than the 8.75% APR on this personal loan with SoFi, I can't think of a reason why not to. Yes. And I mean, I get it because sometimes I get like that too when like I, you know, you, you're struggling for so long and you find a solution that's like so amazing and you're like, wait. So there's like this hesitation and it kind of paralyzes you, even though you know in your head, okay, this makes sense. So that's okay to feel like that. But girl, I want you to think for, maybe this will help. Before I come into any sort of like money or like savings or anything, I like to create the new budget before the money comes. So like I'll go back to my budget because I always keep it in like an Excel spreadsheet so that way it's easy to fix. I go back to, into my budget and I do the new numbers. So that way by the time that I'm able to like that, that new 400, it's not reabsorbed back into everyday life. It's already been allocated because I'm working on this. I'm working from this new budget that I created. So maybe do that. So that way you're like, okay, with this 400, maybe 200 will go to savings and whatever else you're going to do with it. But allocate that money out so it's not – it's so easy for money to be reabsorbed back into your day-to-day life. So just create a new budget. Allocate that $400 a month out into specific places. Automate those allocations. And, girl, get your coin. In three years, you could have $14,000 saved. Yes. Like that is real money we're talking. Maybe, you know what I think might, it might be too, is like when you have a little bit of debt here and a little bit of debt there and a little bit, you know, on different credit cards or loans or whatnot, it doesn't feel like that much. Mm-hmm. And maybe what's freaking her out is a $20,000 loan. Like if that's how much her combined debts are. Okay. Um, and maybe it's like this whole, this one new loan with $20,000 um, maybe is what is making a little bit more real for her, but it doesn't mean, doesn't change the fact that you already have that much debt. It's just that it's spread across different things. And there's maybe some kind of like psychological reason why it feels like more. Um, But I can see that. SoFi wise, I mean, check out, I can, I'll send you a link, but Magnify Money has a a thorough review on SoFi's products. Um, um, They started out big in student loan refinancing, and now they've gotten into all kinds of different products. Um, They do mortgages now, like personal loans. I haven't heard anything to tell me that SoFi is not a good lender. Um, I also know that they have, um, they have, which is uncommon for private lenders, um, some uh, protections. Like if you lose your job um, mm. or you run into financial issues, they will tend to work with you. I think they even match borrowers to um, – they'll try and help you find a new job if you lose your job. They have some sort of um, like career – uh, plate not placement. I forget. I don't want to miss, you know, misrepresent what they offer, but some sort of career services. If you lose your job, um, or if you fall in hard times, you can work with them. So they're willing to work with you versus traditional private lenders who'd be like, "And where's my check?" Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. I I think I first of all, I never heard that. That's awesome that SoFi does that because most places don't. And so, yeah, I honestly, me too. I haven't really heard anything negative about um SoFi. So. Mm-hmm. That's honestly awesome. You don't, it's rare that in finances that you get like a, a big win like that. It just doesn't happen. Usually you're like, yay, and I saved $2 a month now. You're like, okay, you know? <laughs> so when you can get a big win like that, definitely lean in, be grateful, and take advantage. Yeah. I thought, I loved your tip too of actually saving that $400 versus just letting it get reabsorbed into your budget. That's really smart. Yeah. Well, thank you, Miss Kamiko. Let us know what you decided. I know we missed you. you only, we only had two seconds a few hours ago. We missed you, but hopefully, um, 
hopefully you made a decision that you're happy with and you're on your way to debt freedom. Yes. All right, next question. I believe this is an anonymous question. So mysterious. Okay. <laughs> Why so mysterious? <laughs> so mysterious. This is actually, this is an anonymous sheet. I love the, um, the uh, I, I always want to know how people choose their pseudonyms. So this is from Janet, quote unquote. Janet says, I'm interested in knowing what your thoughts are on the idea of a parent or another adult establishing credit for a child. Is this necessary? And how young is too young to make a child an authorized user on a credit card? Did either of your parents start your credit history for you before you were able to start it on your own? What do you feel are the benefits or cons to starting to build a credit history for a young preteen child? Um, I don't know that you need to be a preteen child to start credit. I don't think you can be an authorized user as a preteen. I don't think, I think, I want to say that you can kind of start some sort of financial history as young as 16. I think because I remember that's when I got my um my joint like uh, savings account with my dad. Um, and I'm almost positive that because back then you can literally put like, you know, the cable of the baby's name and you can't do that anymore. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Um, so and it's honestly not necessary. So my dad helped me to start my um, my credit journey when I was 17 um, I was going away to college and he was like, you know, go ahead and get you a, a credit card. And I think he had put me on as an authorized user on one of his cards. And he like schooled me on what kind of credit card to get. No annual um, fee, you know, look for like 0% percentage rate. I could put my books on it. And he would pay it off every month. I don't think you need to start sooner than like 16, 17. Um, because like, what is your, what is your kid buying? You know, because the purpose of credit like I say, like the really young and the really old don't need credit. Unless you are credit, the purpose of credit is to leverage so you can purchase things that you might not uh, you might not be able to purchase in cash. So if you're 80 and you're not trying to buy a car or a home, like well, you know your credit score is not that important necessarily because you're not also getting a, um you're not you know getting a new job. Um, and if you're like 10, I mean, your credit score is not that important. So I would say around 16, 17, if you're going to start to establish credit early, but preteen, no, like Supergirl is 11 and I'm not thinking about her credit score until she gets to be like out of high school and then we'll start to make adjustments. Good call. Time for one more question. Sure. Another question from an anonymous listener. She says, hey, ladies, I have a quick question about credit cards with annual fees. I currently have two credit cards with cashback rewards and want to open a third credit card specifically for travel rewards. Thanks to your previous podcast, I have been able to reduce my credit utilization by a drastic number by taking out a personal loan and paying off all my balances in full. I've been comparing offers for a new card. And of course, credit cards with the best rewards come with an annual fee. While I want to maximize my rewards, I don't like the idea of having to pay for a credit card. What are your thoughts on getting a credit card with an annual fee or just sticking with a free credit card with slightly lower rewards? Anonymous. Let's say you. I'm going to reread this part, which is what caught my eye. I have been extremely, or sorry, I currently have two credit cards with cash back rewards and want to open a third credit card specifically for travel rewards. Then she says, she recently was able to reduce her utilization on her credit cards by taking out a personal loan and paying off her balances in full. Where that personal loan at, though? Like, she doesn't mm -hmm. say if she paid it off or not. Okay. And so my question was going to be, I would recommend paying off the personal loan 
because you say you paid your balance in full on your credit cards and it may it does yes you did that they're paid in full but you still have a new loan um and as long as you have that loan out there i would i would say before you take out a new credit card and start worrying about racking up rewards to pay off that credit card pay off that personal loan first agreed and also too if you so she, the other two credit cards also have um annual um fees Sounds like they're fee-free. She has two fee... There are fee-free cashback rewards cards out there. They typically have a lower um, flat rate cashback. But she wants one of these like, you oh, know, nice. yeah, like, like the, the nice one. Chase yeah. Sapphire That's kind when of I got card. Boo-boo. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'll say this. Because like, honestly, that, that's the first credit card I ever had that had a fee. Um, but it was worth it to me. So, you know, it's all about the numbers because I use that card for all of my travel. So one, you know... Um, I make that money back. So that's the question is if you're paying a fee, are you going to make that money back in the reward? So just today, for example, I have like 200,000 points because I use that card so often for travel and all of these things, like a bunch of travel stuff for my business. So if anybody on my team needs to travel or whatever, that's the card that we use. Um, and so 200,000 points, my sister who really wants to come with me to, um, to Essence Fest, I was able to get, and flights are ridiculous right now because she went into the last minute to decide. Um, and so we were able to get her a round trip flight with the points. I think it cost me like 70,000 points, which I'm like not happy about. Ooh, you must Whatever. love your sister. I do. I know. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? Because normally it probably would have been around, honestly, 30,000 points. But it's because, because New Orleans is not that far from Jersey, but because it's Essence Fest time, it, you know, they hike the rates up. But I share all that to say that the amount, I think maybe a round trip flight right now is maybe like fourteen or $1,500. So I was able to not have to pay that $1,400 because I had points that I'd earned. So I can't remember, Mandy, how much is our um, our annual fee for? So there's two versions. So, and, and let's make this broader than just a chase card because so these luxury travel cards, the top luxury ones, they typically have fees of $450, which is what the Chase Reserve has. But they can be upwards of like $550 on some cards. Um, The lower um, tier Chase Sapphire Preferred has a $95 annual fee, which is the one that she's talking about. Chase Preferred. Yeah. I think that might be the one I have because I'm like 450. I don't know if I pay 450. But but you see, the math works out. I get, you know, I use enough points to get a few thousand dollars in free perks that are usable perks. So it's worth that that payoff. So you just have to ask yourself, like, you know, does it make sense? Um, like, are are you going to use a card enough to to outweigh what you're paying for it? And if not, then it doesn't make sense. You might as well just get a you know travel card where it's not going to charge you um, to um, you know to 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 have it. Yeah. So to me, it's all about the math. Do the math and pick a card that fits your lifestyle. Like if you're really looking for a travel card because you travel, but be honest, like how much do you travel and do an estimate of how much travel you have coming up. And some cards give you like the Chase card and other some other cards. The Uber has a new credit card. They give you points not just on travel, but also dining out, entertainment. So they're really like trying to match lifestyles. So pick the card that fits your lifestyle best. But at the end of the day, don't take out a card just because or don't rack up stuff because you'll get addicted to the idea of earning points because if you can't pay your card off at the end of the month, like I guarantee you it's never going to be worth it um, yep. if you're carrying yes. a balance. That's a good one. Oh, look at that. That's a good one. Yes. Sorry. That, that was me in church like, yes, Ned, yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, I said something smart. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it was because I was like, you know, I don't think about that. Like, you're right. If you're not paying it off every month in, in full, then it's like, oh, child, like you're just paying on, paying on, paying. So that's a good one. Nope. Because um, they're hitting you with a fee 
up front and then they're going to be charging you interest on top of that. Like these cards still have high interest rates, um, even if you have great credit. Like mine, yeah. I think, has a 17% interest rate. So if I ever let that slip, automatically, like it won't be worth whatever I've you know, gotten in terms of points and such. So be honest. And if you have a history of racking up credit card debt, you know, you needed a personal loan before, um, just, just recognize your weaknesses. Like I know myself and I know that I need to have a conversation and create my own mental credit limit that I can afford to pay off each month. Um, because I too, back in the day would get obsessed about just getting points, points, points and whipping out that card anytime I had a reason to, um, and not paying attention to like how much I was actually racking up. Okay. Thank you for your question, ma'am. Um, those were good questions. Again, you guys can hit us up at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com with your questions or go to our website, brownambitionpodcast.com. Dot com. Yeah, those are great questions. And if you're going to be at Essence Fest, I hope to see you. Um, That's coming up. Be- is that like next? Wait, when is that? Uh, that is not this weekend, but weekend after next. But, you know, it's never too early to prep for Essence Fest. It's just a good time of beautiful brownness. Like it's truly Essence Fest is like brown ambition personified. Um, it's almost a half a million women that came last year. I think four hundred and seventy thousand came last year. Um, it's an awesome music festival, but it's just also like I mean, it's Nola. The food alone, Woo! the food alone. Just like just because it's Nola, not because it's Essence Fest. Um, it's always in New Orleans, right? Yeah, yeah always. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a good time. And so hopefully I'll see some of you Brown Ambition folks out here. I love it, Mandy, because more and more when I come out, people are like, oh, my God, Brown Ambition. Tell me about that. I'm like, look at Brown Ambition out here in these streets. She never takes me anywhere, guys. <laughs> I don't get to go anywhere fun. She doesn't want me to go. Honestly, I can't. I, there's, I, I always think Essence Fest, oh, I should go. But it's always when you tell me this time of year every year. <laughs> Two weeks before when it's too late. <laughs> Tiffany, can I too have 70,000 points to book uh, my flight, please? That girl, she owes me her life. I was like, whatever I asked for, the answer is yes. Do you hear me, young lady? Oh, well, have what a good you, What time. are you doing this well, weekend? Well, nothing that exciting. Actually, this is another reason Essence Fest messes me up because we have I have a standing glamping vacation with my best friends every July. Um, and I am like, first of all, if you have adult friends, everyone's had, everyone here is adults, but if you have friends at this age – like, it's really hard to get everyone together. But mm-hmm. I'm so proud of us because even though one of us had – one of our um, – the group, the couples in our group had a kid in October, like, we're still doing this trip. Now, granted, it's really, it's really like, gone downhill from camping. Like, now we just don't even camp anymore. It's, like, full-on Airbnb. <laughs> like, there was, a, there was a crisis because we didn't know if there was central air conditioning or not. And I, I, like, <laughs> I love it, though. So it's not I quite camping it. anymore, like – so, but the fact is we still get together as a group of friends and I'm, I try and chair it. I'm, I don't want to be the one to mess up this trip. So maybe when Essence Fest is not 4th of July, maybe one day I'll make it work, but. That's literally like never. <laughs> uh, all right, fine. We'll continue to represent. You should get some brand ambition, uh, uh business cards, <laughs> like little really? contact sheets. Oh, no, that's dope. I can't wait to hear about it. You're, you're, you're probably speaking, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking on uh, Friday and Saturday. So I'm speaking for Ford and I'm speaking for Essence themselves. And so it should be a really good time. A good brown time. Exciting. All right. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take some videos so people, when people say, Mandy, I'm like, oh, you want to say hi to Mandy? Um, let's record so I can send it to you. Yeah, give me FOMO. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, you should take over our Instagram account. That's what you should, that's what you should do. Right. But I have to do my own Instagram. Fine, just under- text me pictures <laughs> and I'll post them. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> All right.
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.